so that was a first just discussing and reminiscing over cocaine made me have to move my bowels <laughs> oh yeah the scientific fact I've seen that on uh, what is that drug eating it's a, the way your endorphins fire like cocaine use and meth use if you just talk about it from past experiences those endorphins will fire up a little bit you get that little bit of a sensation like a reminiscent right. sensation fact, yeah, a res res residual Reminiscent, I guess, is a synonymous <laughs> residual synonymity. <laughs> but that's the fact. It's true. I wish marijuana were like that. Yeah, that'd be great. Just tell me about seven o'clock this morning. <laughs> oh, there <you> <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I find sometimes when I like think about like when I took acid and stuff, like it's almost like you feel like you're tripping a little bit. I don't know, I've never had a flashback. But yeah, I've definitely had residual highs. But I have tripped mushrooms so much and talked about it so much that I've never felt like that. Of course, tripping's intense too. Like, oh, yes, it is. I've never felt like a tinge or a flashback or anything like that. That I can remember. I'm sure it's happened. I think I've felt sensations that could be categorized as flashbacks, but I don't know if that's actually what it is. Like, you, you can do certain things right. that can cause you to have, like, a euphoric sensation that could be similar to or part like of a trip. it's like a memory, trip. too. Like, you remember something while you're tripping, you get that sensation for a second. Yeah, it correlates. or two a week so you're eating seven or eight grams a day there would be times in the days after where there would be no nothing ingested and just be just fucking out there just be tripped out for fucking days but it wasn't necessarily like trippy but you're just not you're not tethered or whatever you know you're just kind of just floating through your life it's in not, the twilight zone right yeah you're in the middle in between her where you really don't care about the things that are going on that you're supposed to care about. Responsibilities. Yeah, they're not fucking matter. The tether. Yeah, it's part of the reason I try to space out psychedelic experiences. And after the last one I had, and this was recently, probably about two or three months ago, uh, it got some really, really strong acid. I took two hits and... I literally watched the entire fabric of existence get torn apart. Then I myself had to put it all back together again. And afterwards, like, I went through a uh, period of about eight hours where I was just thinking on an infantile level. Like, I was, like, temporary, like, temporarily in a state of retardation. Yeah, I watched Star Wars instead. 
and I stayed away. The second he told me about it, I was like, no, I'm not taking that. <laughs> I was like, I'm staying away. I was like, it's what? No, not trying that one. I was like, give me some mushrooms, but I'm not putting that in there because I'll die. I won't die, but I'll, no, I'll we'll lose my you. shit for a day, dude. I don't have days to lose. Oh, dude, I lost all my shit. I don't think I had to poop for like three days after that. It was all gone. And then uh, I ended up giving some to Heather. I gave her one, and she's like, my God, how did you do two? I'm like, I almost didn't. I almost didn't come back from that. see my girlfriend trip. She's too neurotic. Her neuroses. She can't uncoil herself from herself to, to get out there. It's her only problem. She's searching for awakening, and I'm telling her, like, let yourself go. Keep yourself wrapped around yourself. Like you only think about how things affect you. And I was like, you gotta stop that. Untie it and let it go. Untether. That's it. Yeah, I wish I'd known earlier in life that all you gotta do is let it go, just let it happen. Like, I don't think I would have had any of the bad trips that I had if I had known that. Controlling emotions. Emotions are the greatest thing that we have as humans, but they're also the worst because yeah. it affects all things. You think emotionally, you're not pragmatic and you're not reasonable. Emotions aren't reasonable, so you have to use your emotions to think, but not think with your emotions. You know what I mean? Like, well said. Yeah. Don't think emotionally. Use your emotions to think. Like, but don't. It can't just be total emotions. And not That's on the spot selfish. either, just like when you, when you delve deep into it. Right. Total emotional thinking is selfish because that's what we do is think about ourselves. Yeah. It's, it's For a nature. deep dive, let the emotions come. Right. And then analyze it afterwards. The right, whole right. Grand scheme. Think of about things. what it is and then think about what you are and then something like that. Again, I think the, the hardest thing to deal with in life is regret. Maybe. I don't know. I really think it is. Like, it, I try not to, to dwell on things where, you know, so often I've made the wrong decision and uh, things didn't work out well and I missed out on something great. Like, I remember uh, back in middle school, um, I had been in so many fights that they said if I got into another fight, regardless of whether or not I started it, I was going to be expelled. So um, I had this beautiful girl named Brooke that tried to physically pull me into the bathroom. <laughs> and uh, I, I was just, yeah, I should have let it happen, man. I'd have gotten laid. I'm certain that's why she was pulling me in there. And I thought it was, I didn't know what I was thinking. Like, I was so immature in middle school. I was probably three or four years mature-wise behind Say, girls the regret other the guys they sleep with when they're young, and guys regret the girls that they don't sleep with. That's right, yeah. Well, I mean, I regret some of the girls I slept with, too. Like, uh, yeah. Heather and I went through a polyamorous phase, and, uh, like, what I could get... So her name was Polly. <laughs> no. She wanted a cracker. <laughs> yeah. She says her back hurts. Maybe she would like more Maybe food. Maybe I should get off her first. But during that period, like, she had no trouble finding other partners. Imagine that. <laughs> Not penny royalty. So vaginas work? <laughs> so 
vaginas are popular. Yeah, vaginas are very <laughs> popular. She had no, no trouble finding extra partners. The ones that I could find, like the ones that looked good and I was actually attracted to, like either wanted me to get them pregnant, leave Heather for them, or pay them. So, so I, I got all stuck three with, you're paying. <laughs> well, either way. Um, so all I could find was stuff that I'm not proud of for the most part. I mean, and to those of you out there that are listening, you know, it doesn't mean that I didn't enjoy, you know, what we had while we had it. It just means that, you know, it, it's unfair in terms of polyamory. Unless, like, I'm sure if Brad Pitt went poly, he would have no trouble keeping up, like, with the quality that if he and Angelina were still together, that she would be bringing in on the other side. He wouldn't but. have trouble. He would win. <laughs> he would bring your girlfriend women home. You're like, you're going to sleep with her tonight. I already did. <laughs> so, <laughs> bringing your girlfriend men home. I've already banged his wife and daughter. So I told him that you... Okay, okay. <laughs> Brad Very much so. He's a good actor, though. A good movie. He had a quick cameo in uh, Deadpool 2. I don't know if you know that or not. The Invisible Dude. I heard dude. about it, but I haven't seen the movie yet. How have you not seen the movie yet? The it's sequel to the yet. greatest movie ever Let's in see, human history. It is to me. To you, it is. Deadpool. It's the greatest movie ever on Flat Earth. And I think it's not the greatest movie ever on Around Earth. Round like a disc, not a spinning water ball. Hey, you say potato, I say potato. And you're wrong with that one too. <laughs> oh, you say Cause potato, it's, and cause I it's, say potato. Because it's potato. <laughs> potato. So my dad from West Virginia. <laughs> we owned a restaurant, great steak and potato. But for him for years. Great steak and potato. <laughs> you know, it's Colorado. <laughs> Colorado. Ride the Colorado River. Cincinnati. <laughs> that snake is not poisonous, it's poisonous. <laughs> did he, he also wash the dishes? He washed the dishes. And he did not push the button. He didn't push the button, he pushed it. You don't dump it, you dump it. <laughs> not a tree stump, it was a tree stop. But in my dad, the word stop does not exist. Of course it does, right fucking there. <laughs> be like, I cannot argue with that. So, all right, tree stop. <laughs> you know what I realized? So I, to... so I had an interesting thought. Women named Georgette, no matter what they name their male offspring, they will still be Georgetson. I've met one Georgette in my life. Me too. Was she famous? No. Foreman. Her name is Georgette. George Foreman III was in my fifth grade class at Point Elementary in Simpsonville, South Carolina. 
Madison Dam Baptist, George Ford III. And he was, when we were 12, Tony King was in that class too. It's a fact of life. Like people have said this isn't true, but it's a fact. George Ford III, I spent an entire year with him. When we were 12 years old, he was six feet tall and 210 pounds. Wow. And he was on our kickball team <laughs> every day. But yeah, he was the third, the third, the middle son. And um, I don't know why they were divorced, they were divorced or whatever, but his mom moved here. So like him and his youngest brother lived here. So there's two George Foremans in Greenville for a couple of years. And he was like the nicest kid in the whole world. Like not selfish, not arrogant, but he's obviously George Foreman's son, this huge kid with like brand new Jordans on every day. But like Hey man, you think you're gonna ask your dad for this? Like, and the next, a few days later, like he'd have like a postcard or something. Like, right? and you know, I never asked. But, like Tony's got like a postcard that like George signed for him, whatever. That's like, awesome. Uh, it was like towards the end of the school year, and um, I can remember the commercial like it was yesterday. George Foreman, it's like a ballpark Frank commercial. George Foreman standing there, it's like spatula and uh, tongs. And all of his kids were at the table, and he missed a week of school to film that commercial. It's like when it came out on TV, he was the first kid sitting at the table next to his dad, and we're all like, "That's the third! That's the third! That's our boy right there!" Like, that was a crazy thing to have like somebody like that famous. Like George Foreman's like Americana famous. Like you know, he's like American history. Yeah. Famous. Like, that was a really cool thing. That George Foreman grill is probably going away soon now that we know that fat's important. It could have been the Hulkerator. <laughs> you see that? He, he passed up on the grill and did a energy drink, like Hulkerade, and George Foreman signed up on the grill and made a billion dollars. Oh, I thought George Foreman invented it. No. Oh, okay. Well, no worries there. Well, he just, just endorsed it. He just endorsed it, yeah. yeah. It was, uh, they gave it to Hulk first and he said no. <laughs> but that's the thing is if Muhammad Ali hadn't had Parkinson's disease it would have been the Muhammad Ali grill it would have been, that man would have marketed everything in the world because that's what he was like he knew how to market himself like before it was popular to market yourself he was the king of it and then Muhammad Ali grill <laughs> it's got a direct religious connotation Remember, no poke. Don't put cheese on that burger either. Ah, fuck, man. I just stepped all in your dog's excrement. Confucius say, man who lives in apartment complex should not put foot into grass. Unless, of course, he so desires to put people off with the smell of said dog excrement. It's very interesting to see that whenever I play back a clip from one of the recordings of the podcast and or radio show, True Fiction Radio on WDRB Media, my cat Sasha jumps immediately into my lap. As soon as she hears my voice, it's adorable. I need to uh, shoot a video of it. 
It's profound. I was greeted by a gas station employee whilst urinating in the bathroom at said gas station. I asked the young man if he was trained to do such a thing. He told me that he had been. I'm already knocked down with the yelling of, Hey, how's it going? The second you walk into said gas station, because in order to appear non-socially inept, you must respond in kind. Hey, man. I hate yelling unnecessarily. Hate it even on the rare occasion when it is required. It's kind of like when someone calls for pizza delivery, then, when as the driver, you arrive, climb the stairs to the unlit, unnumbered house, ring the broken doorbell just to hear someone yell, Pizza man here, get the money. Next, they go to their side of the door and scream, Who is it? You are then expected to yell back in order to identify yourself. Nine times out of ten, in that scenario, there is no tip for you after enduring the ordeal. Ain't life grand? As the old phrase go, sometimes, sometimes it truly is. But one thing it never ceases to be for any duration of time is fascinating. It's when it's not that it's the state which some would call hell or the precursor to it, the corridors leading to it, leading you down. I heard the Pope came out recently and said that there is no hell. I beg to differ. Go to any third world country, a developing nation, as they're called, or even some places here in these United States where the living situation is for the impoverished, a state which mirrors these developing nations. Again, in order for things to get better, we need to legalize all drugs and prostitution, do away with welfare, and instead create a universal basic income, and give free health insurance to everyone who is not near the cap, and I spoke about the cap in a previous episode, of $1 billion dollars. Anything you make past a billion dollars should go towards the betterment of all humanity. I think capitalism to a point, and one billion is that point. I did a segment of my show titled, The Conspiracy is Not a Theory. Uh, the first episode of which I did a two-hour long telephone interview with Daryl D. Marble. Uh, he spoke of his trip to Alaska, which he just got back from, and uh, he got some beautiful time-lapse footage of the sun moving around in a 360-degree circuit. 
proving conclusively that our sun travels around our flat earth in a 360 degree arc. I think German is the easiest language to take something totally innocuous and make it sound very aggressive. Wir haben sie habt. Habt einen guten Tag. Just said, we have and she has. And have a good day. Just made it sound really aggressive, really easily. Believe it or not, people still use the term in the toilet to describe using the head, as we would say in the Navy, or going to the bathroom, as most Americans would say. So I just wanted to let those folks know that they can go ahead and just put the toilet seat down and sit on it. Or better yet, if they have a squatty potty, they can utilize that. But you don't actually have to be in the toilet to be taking a poop. That's my public service announcement. To said toilet. Notice how I did that to reiterate. People use the term taking a shit. And it's totally inaccurate. At least by itself. You're not taking it anywhere. It was already in your body. We're ready to expel it. You have to add taking it to the toilet or taking it to behind the tree or taking it to the latrine hole like we used to have in the clubhouse back in the day in Latham, New York. Latham, New York takes me back. My dad got a job that paid twice as much in Virginia. So um, circa 1989, 1990, um, he did ask me if it would be okay for us to move to Virginia from Latham, New York, but I had no idea what effect that would have being ripped away from my cousins who were raised with me in a fashion, uh, a similar fashion to how, you know, siblings would be raised and uh, my best friends that I had in New York uh, Dan Connolly Dan Morrison Bruce Nellis again you know I was 9 or 10 years old so I really had no idea what sort of impact that kind of move would have Um, especially not in terms of uh you know, being the new kid in town and uh, the emotional effect would stunt my maturing process greatly. Uh, Again, my cousins, Victor and Mira, Stefan, Zoe, Franco and Anita and Daniel, they were all like my brothers and sisters and we would spend entire summers together and then all of a sudden, you know, we're ripped away. And it, it had quite a profound effect. I think it might have initially led to the stunting of my growth educationally. I, I feel like it was right around that time that I was kind of set back about three or four years behind my peers I literally went from the kid who had all the solos and the plays and uh, 
I was uh, the guy that stood up to the biggest, toughest bully, which ended up being my best friend, Dan Morrison, uh, to being the most hated, most bullied kid in school. And uh, one of these days, I'll go into how that experience was for me, but uh, it was monstrous. Uh, Middle school wasn't that bad at least not until about midway through high school was horrible it was a nightmare like I said I went from being like one of the most popular kids in school to being utterly the most hated most ridiculed and most bullied but you know I think an experience like that makes your skin a little thicker so I guess I should be thankful for that This has been a very scatterbrained episode of uh, True Fiction Radio on WDRB Media. I'm your host, Chris Kay, signing out. Please visit my Patreon page. So I just had a terrifying experience. I was out walking JoJo, and uh, I saw some neighbor dudes that I'm fairly friendly with. I've shared a few conversations with uh, over the last year or so. And uh, I let Jojo go over to the gentleman's dog. And I apologize still to this point. Like, we conversated the night previous. And uh, like tonight, like right now, um, I had imbibed too much alcohol before I left my apartment. Which is pretty much every day. So I'm going to start slowing it down. Maybe taking a day off here and there from that since I never take a day off from work I have for the last six weeks uh, consistently worked 91 hours um, in addition to doing the radio show on WDRB Media True Fiction Radio and the podcast but I thought Jojo would be sweet and love him like he had with other dogs that weren't barking at him I mean if the other dog was barking I just I wouldn't let Jojo anywhere near the other dog and uh, this dog Quester was being sweet and just laying there and uh, Jojo proceeded to try to have gay sex with him even though Jojo does not have testicles and uh, he nicked the other dog's neck in the process and and he was bleeding, and uh, the folks, the owner was calm. The the other gentlemen, um, I don't know if they'd want their names included in this. Uh, I do know the other gentleman's name. I know him a little bit longer. Um, he he wasn't very happy, so I I picked up my uh, full size pit bull, just carried him like a baby, and brought him back into the apartment gave him some food and water and uh, came back out and I was walking my cat and I saw um, the aforementioned neighbor that wasn't the owner and uh, he said that he's bleeding and you know told me that you know that the nick had occurred and I, I didn't know how bad it was and I was like dude what do I do and he's like well if he's got you know bills pay for him if it's worse your dog's gonna get put down and I'm losing my mind because I I really went out on a limb to rescue Jojo Um, really 
couldn't afford the $350 pet fee and um, the extra $20 a month in rent that he incurs. And uh, But I saw his picture on Lee Knight's Facebook page and I had to try to save him, and I did. And uh, it brought me back to here. And uh, I went to the gentleman's apartment and knocked and... I'm like, is he okay? And he's like, yeah, it's just a scratch. He's like, we're just going to leave it at that. He's like, I don't want to see another dog put down. And I think that's such an honorable thing in this day and time where people are so happy to sue one another for someone to respond kindly in a situation where maybe that could have occurred. God knows I couldn't afford it stressed to the max right now financially and even working all these crazy hours trying to clear my debt get ahead in life but I thought I'd share that with all you guys and uh, I don't say it enough you guys that listen all the time I really appreciate it thank you so much and uh, on a serious and not sarcastic note If you download the Anchor app, you can leave me a voice message, which I can then play back on my show and respond to, and uh, we can make this a more interactive situation, and I think that would make things a lot more interesting, like this crazy work schedule that I keep makes it hard for me to link up with the cool folks that I know that likely night that want to be regular guests if not co-hosts on the podcast and uh it'd be a lot easier for me to fill the time with uh the interaction from you guys i think it would just make it a more impactful show